But good morning. And uh, yeah, that's a, interesting to watch that search engine because if you spell the name wrong, you're in trouble, right? You, there's a lot of things in how we shorten those sentences and just somehow or another it works. The man alive. We plug it in, we, we type it in, and if it hesitates just a little bit, we're impatient, right? I mean, like, how come this is not working as fast as it needs to be? And we come to a time of Advent, this time of year, where it's all about patience. It's about waiting. But we don't do waiting well most of the time. Uh, you know, we've, uh, you know as, a, as a child, I remember as a child waiting for Christmas, it took forever to get here. But as an adult, it seems like it was like last week, right? And now all of a sudden, as it gets faster and faster, and, and here we are in De- December 24th, 2023. There was a group of people years ago that waited and searched, and they waited for years and years. The Hebrew people, the Jewish people waited. They waited for the Messiah, and they waited a long time. And sometimes we can get impatient. Sometimes we can expect something from that waiting that we think we're waiting for, but there's something else and other answers coming to it. You know, when we look in our search engines uh, so often, whether it's Google, whether it's DuckDuckGo, or you can name whatever search engine you, you use, we search for answers. And we want the answer now. And so for some things, it really works well. I had to search the other day for replace the battery on an Explorer. You know, ba- replacing batteries have gotten complicated on your, on your vehicles. It's way more than it used to be. You have to take all kinds of things off. So it's so good when you can go, I'm just going to search for that figure that out real quick, and move on with my life. But there are times we search for things, and we're searching for that quick answer. And it's not there. Especially some of the most complex things in our life, and circumstances we get into in our life. And again, back to the Jews, they waited forever. They waited, seems like, forever and ever, and they were waiting for this king that was going to come and make everything right, take the wrongs and make them right, put them back in place. But what they didn't realize was they were actually asking for a Messiah, a Savior, who not only going to change, may not change their circumstances, he came to change them. And so today we search for things, and often, like I said, we're searching for things for an answer And often we get that answer. I get answers a lot like on health or what I should eat and things of that nature. And then I see the answer and go, I don't want to do that. I know what workout I should be doing. I know what I should be disciplining myself on. But then I know the answer and I just go, my knower and my doer just don't match up. Anybody ever have that issue? Well, you get the answer. You know it's right. But you just can't seem to move yourself there. Isaiah told them, he prophesied years before, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. That this child, born in a manger, is going to bring a light into their world. It's going to pierce their darkness in a way they never understood it. And his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, ultimately Prince of Peace. 
And so here we come on the last day of Advent, 2023, or the last service we will be at, and we're going to talk about peace today. If you ever watch the news, there, don't seem, there just doesn't seem like there's much peace. We see conflict everywhere. We see conflict, obviously, in wars around our, around our world. We see conflict in our politics. We see conflict just trying to watch a news channel. We see conflict almost everywhere. There's conflict in our homes. But what I want to talk to you today, which I think is maybe the most important, the biggest place we have conflict is here. Because I believe if we fix this conflict, the others start making sense. The others start remedying themselves. We try to fix those things without fixing this thing. So we come on Christmas Eve, and today, no doubt, you will probably open gifts. Tomorrow you open gifts. But I think the greatest gift we can all have is at peace. Be at peace. Why isn't there peace? Well, on Christmas Eve is not a time that you'd probably think that you would hear Genesis 1 through 3. And I'm not going to read it to you. You can read it for yourself if you would. And many of you already know the passage of Scripture. But we realize that Advent doesn't start in a manger, in a stable. Advent starts in a garden. Because when Adam and Eve walked with God, they walked in perfect harmony. They worked, they walked at peace with him. But then they disobeyed God. And in that moment, in that moment, the human heart was introduced to not only obviously disobedience and the ability to do that, but shame. Self-centeredness, self-preservation. But possibly the worst thing we were introduced to was conflict, which is the opposite of peace in many ways. But conflict with God, conflict with others, conflict with ourselves. And what I mean by conflict there is separation. There was a separation that happened in that moment that separated us from God. Not that he didn't know where we were, and yes, he's there, and he, there's a, the image of God stamped on us. But it separated us from others. But God did not leave his people without hope. In the midst of their sin, in the midst of their conflict, he gave them a promise. A promise that one day, a deliverer would come, And rescue them back to the manger. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. We understand from scripturally and experientially. You cannot be at peace with God 
until you deal with what's keeping you from being at peace with God. You can try to cover it up. We can try to ignore it. We can try to overcompensate for it. We can try to make a quick fix. I want to Google it. I want to duck, duck, go it. I want to search engine it, whatever it is. I want to fix for what this is in me. And what we find often is the answer. I don't know that they will find it in the same way that Google would. That would be the first thing they would give you. But I will say this. What we can do many times is, like I talked about last week, enjoy and talking about pleasure. We can feel it. We can find things to give us peace in those moments, in that stretch of time to go, but as we talked about last week pleasure for instance we can bring pleasure from those moments to compensate for that joy and that peace it just takes us to another place takes our mind off of what really is under the undercurrent in our lives and if we have enough means and many people at times have enough means in their life you can do this for a whole lifetime if you're not careful if you have enough means You can do enough things to not deal with this. From purchases to trips to videos to video games to hobbies to social media scrolling. Anybody ever just do social media scrolling so you just don't even want your mind to have to deal with what's going on? And you just scroll and you just look at other things and whatever it is, you just go somewhere else. Or you turn the TV on for... But you don't want to deal with what's really the undercurrent, which is what God wants to do in our lives. Because if you search for peace right now, you go, and I don't know if you want to, but I Googled it again this morning, and you search engine for peace, it's freedom from disturbance, tranquility, or peace is, in, in, in which we, we all want, is a state of period in which there is no war or a war has ended. But the Hebrew word for peace here, or word shalom, is generally translated peace. Many of us know this. Peace be with you, shalom. We say it, and you've heard it said if you've not said it. Many of you have. But shalom, the actual word means wholeness, healing, redemption. It's more than lack of conflict. In other words, everything around me is cool. I don't have anything around me. No, Literally, what it means is this piece is to bring you back to whole, to bring you back to redemption, to bring you back from the separation. Now, most of us, when we use that, if you ever use it or you ever hear it, we're willing to settle for the shallow piece. I just don't want to have conflict. I don't want to have conflict inside. Amen. I, I think we all say, I don't want to have that. I don't have conflict in my home. We're all for that, I would hope. Maybe not. Maybe you're the instigator. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would hope you would want peace in your home. Because God... When we make peace with him, we begin to bring peace to other situations. But let me say a few things here about peace. And this is something I've had to deal with personally over my lifetime is because I like to have things right, my circumstances just chilled out. 
Don't be letting, don't be bothering me. But the reality is, peace does not depend on our circumstances. Can you think of a time when you've been confused and disturbed? You're thinking, going, man, God, you must have forgotten about him. God, something must be going on here, but I must have missed something, and there's this disturbance happening, and there's this confusion happening in our lives. And what you realize is, as you follow Christ and you, and you really begin to follow him uh, over the years, you realize that the Christian life or the following after Christ has a lot of these in them. But then as you look at his life, and look at Christ's life, you see at his, at his conception, his mother was confused and disturbed. At his birth, shepherds were confused and disturbed. Through his life of religious leaders, young people, men and women were confused and disturbed by his words and his actions. Then he died. Talk about confusing and disturbing. Then he rose again, more confusing and disturbing. His whole life was confusing and disturbing. He was shaking it up. He was stirring because he knew that we were not prepared for the supernatural things he was wanting to do in our lives. For the radical, we were unprepared for the radical change that God wanted to do in our life. So he disturbs us. He makes us a little even confused, how is this working here? There's some signs in downtown Phoenix. Many of you know these signs at 7th Street. But that's how I feel sometimes. It's the bicentennial. Most of you, if you know where it is on 7th Street and Chase Fields, just right over there. But it's the bicentennial. It's been there, you know, obviously for over 10 years or longer. You see the 1912 to 2012 there. If you don't, if you'll miss it. But that's how at times it feels in our lives. You ever feel that way going, I, I don't know. There's some movement happening in my life. God, and I believe it's God. I hope it's God. I hope it's not just me. But I can't figure out which way I'm supposed to go. So there's this unsettledness. And man, if God, you just chill that out, if you'd get me everything else right, then I would be at peace. Mary knows this, obviously, as we read Scripture. If you know the story, she's pregnant, unmarried, A fate that could have actually got her killed in the first century. You have to tell her fiance, Joseph, and hope he believes her. Great shame. But Mary says yes to God. Mary knows that God will be with her. So she moves forward in peace. She knew she was highly favored, as Scripture says. But I love what J. Oswald Sanders says. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. For some of you here, are you waiting for something to change before you experience peace? There's a reason why we're so bad at outer peace. It's because we're not very good at inner peace. Thomas Merton says, we're not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves. And we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. Isn't it easier when you're in conflict just to look at the other person or the other group of people? 
If there is conflict, it is so easy. And that's what happened at the fall. It's just so easy. This is why there's no peace in our home. This is why there's no peace in this circumstance. This is why there's no peace is because you. But as I watch people on TV and spewing and spouting, and, or I see people when there's anger, I often look at that going, there's a war going inside of them. It's just spilling over to the outside. And I hope that allows us during this Christmas season to give people grace. So often we see people, and it comes out in different ways. It comes out in self-centeredness. It comes out in all kinds of different ways. But so often there's a war going on within them. And it seems simple to fix. Just do this or that. Our spiritual side said, well, just do more of that. Just pray more, just read more, scripture more, just do those things. And still there's this undercurrent that happens in their life. But once we begin to settle the wars on the inside, we can begin to settle the wars on the outside. And back to what I said earlier, the conflicts we have in this world, the conflicts we have between each other, if we resolve what between us and God, then those begin to dissipate. Because there's a real reason when we look back to the garden The deepest need for every person today is to be reconciled to God. We'll never experience true peace, true peace. We can cover it. We can compensate for it. We can substitute for it. And if we have enough means, we could do it for the rest of our life, maybe. But to be at peace with God. And there's a great reason why we need to be at peace with God, if nothing else. Obviously, it's our reconciliation back to him. But when I'm at peace with God, then I can help bring peace to others. So being, even though we're in Advent, that doesn't mean it's a season of passivity. It doesn't mean it's a season of doing nothing. It means, really it means a time of action, I think. Because scripture calls us to be peacemakers, not just peacekeepers. The peacemakers, peacekeepers are this, right? Many of you know, you've heard me talk about it often. Peacekeepers are people who don't want conflict. So what happens is even in a home, it may be a mom and there's fighting between the, the father and the kids or whatever it is, you can mix in all these pieces The one thing the mom wants is no conflict. That's so important. I don't want the fighting. I don't want the yelling. I don't want those things. But the reality is something that when you, when there's no conflict, it's still underneath, right? It's still there. And somewhere again, it's going to bubble up. We don't want to be just peacekeepers. We want to be peacemakers. That's a whole different thing. That's not passive. That moves us. It is one thing it says, you have a great role in all this. 
It's really important that we understand staggering when you start thinking about it. If I make peace with God, he's going to use me to bring peace to the world around me. So we just look and ask the question so many times ago, we're waiting on God, and so many times I believe he's waiting on us. God, when are you going to bring peace? When are you going to bring peace to this world? And the question comes back, when are you going to be at peace? When are you going to be the ones at peace? Because when you're at peace, you can bring peace. But when there's this war still going on inside of you, you haven't been reconciled back to God, you're going to have a really hard time to reconcile them back to God. And sure, hard time reconciling them back to you. Because I believe God's purpose for us is to reconcile us back to him, back to others, and back to our divine purpose, back to uncommon. One of the things we do at Renovation, we try the best we can, and we're going to try to keep getting better at it, is help you to understand your divine purpose. But we don't want you to go through uncommon and miss the whole point. It's you being reconciled to God first. And we just want to help you figure out how that plays out in your life. In many ways, the world lives in Advent. We're waiting for something. We're searching for solutions. For somebody Maybe if we elect the right person. I think most of us are probably giving up on that, right? So maybe if we just get that right person, that's the answer. And the ones that God and the world have been waiting for often is the body of Christ to be at peace, to be that light in a dark world Because if we're not at peace as the body, then it's going to be really hard time, really hard for us to show that in the world around us. And I'm I'm just curious today. Here on this Christmas Eve, of course, we're not going to do candle lighting like we normally do, which we talk about light penetrating the darkness. It's one of my favorite pictures every year. Every sixth year, the way we've been doing it, it's Sunday morning, so we don't do that. But one of my favorite parts of, of Christmas Eve service and those who've been to them is the candle lighting because it can be pitch black in here and then the first candle lights, darkness has to begin to move. And you begin to see this room light up. One of my favorite trips with our youth many years ago We go to Pepper Sauce, uh, Pepper Sauce Cave or Cavern, down towards Tucson. Anybody ever been to Pepper Sauce Cave, Cavern? Okay, it's awesome. Spelunking. Anybody ever been spelunking? It's awesome. You may, some of you going, I don't want to go inside. There's a hole about this big, okay, on a, on a dry, dry river creek bed, and you're walking up this creek bed, and you go up this little trail, and there's a hole in the wall, a hole in the ground, and you crawl in it. I don't recommend that always, okay? <laughs> Here I would. But we crawl in, and, and you know, we got 30, 35, 40 teens in there, and we're, we're in there, and, they, and we eventually, everybody's got a flashlight or a headlamp, and, but we have a boom box back there. You may know what a boom box is. I don't know if it's still, I, mean, I know you, Google it. Google it if you don't know what that is. It'll help some of you. But we took a boom box, and 
had all the students turn their lights out, and you talk about pitch black. I'm talking. And the ceiling to this cavern's probably, I don't know, just like 40, 50, 100. I don't know. It's so far up there. And we just get quiet. And we play this song, I think it's Delirious who sings it. There is a light that shines in the darkness. And we just light one candle. And that cavern just goes. One light. Disturbs the darkness. Disrupts the darkness. The answer we've been waiting for may be sitting here in your home, in your work, in your town, and in your country. To be the light, to be at peace, but to be the peace. I'm just curious as we close. Who's waiting on you to become the person you could be? A person at peace with God to help them become what they could be at peace with God. We're waiting on someone else. We're waiting on something else. When God's waiting on us. And there may be somebody that you know really, really well. Or maybe you've not met them yet. They're waiting on you to become at peace so you can bring peace. The Prince of Peace. We look for higher callings and we look for titles. We look for significance. I think it's all been in, it's burned into us. We want significance. We search for it. (laughs) Scripture tells us we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You're an ambassador. There's no greater calling. There's no greater title coming. There's no greater cause that will last for eternity like that one. So as I challenge you as we leave this Christmas Eve service, look forward into 2024, To be that ambassador of peace by first being at peace. Is there something on this Christmas Eve 2023 that's keeping you from it? Oh, you know the answer, right? But you divert it. I didn't like that answer. So I'll find another answer. But 10 years from now, it's still going to be the same answer. 
It's be reconciled. Be reconciled to him. At peace. To bring peace. Amen? Amen. Won't you stand with me? I'll close this in prayer. Scripture tells us we were once darkness, but now we've been brought into the wonderful light. We are light. We're salt and light. So Lord, today as we come as a wonderful looking group of folks sitting in this room today, those online, and we're so thankful for them. There's this challenge on this Christmas Eve to be at peace, to bring peace. So Lord, today as we contemplate that thought and and it's more than just a shallow form of no conflict, but Lord, we really look at it and go, I need to be made whole and complete. I need to be redeemed back to the Savior who came not only in a manger but went to a cross. And Lord, for some today, just even this message, I, 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 I would like to say I hope not, but in some ways I hope so, that it's disturbed some in a wonderful way. Lord, I remember for how long the months and months as you were wooing me and it disturbed me. It confused me that you were calling me. I'm so thankful today, Lord, I didn't substitute something else for it. Help us this day, Lord, as leaders of homes and leaders of businesses and, 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 and but all influencers wherever we are to be the influencers that are salt and light where we are engaged and influential. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for why we truly celebrate it. Lord, we give you glory for what you're doing amongst your people. And we just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Margin Sundays next Sunday. Just a reminder on that. Appreciate you guys. Love you. And have a great rest of your year. Have a Merry Christmas.